This is the Tornado Trackers Podcast. The Tornado Trackers are Storm Chasers, Jeremy Heyman, Jeff Mangum, and me, Gabe Cox. Hey, this is Jeremy. I'm Gabe. And I'm Jeff. Welcome to the Tornado Trackers Podcast. This is a podcast about weather, storm chasing, and the three best friends who do it all. We're out there, we're chasing, we're taking video, we're eating chicken nuggets at McDonald's. Oh, can I say that, Gabe? Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It needs to be said, I think. You have to beep that. Beep where we got chicken nuggets. But that is a large <laughs> part of our uh, ethos as storm chasers is a protein-rich fried uh, nugget <laughs> all, situation. All the protein sources. I know, Gabe. You stocked up for this season. I saw you got a you got a good yes. deal. You you are, in my opinion, pretty legendary for your uh, meals on the road <laughs> or lack thereof. Yeah, I uh, yes, I stick to canned tuna <laughs> and peanut butter and crackers. That's my other go to. Dang man, you are you are a legend. I'm just cheap. That's all. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gabe. You teased a fun topic that you wanted to talk about. I have no idea what you want to talk about, so hit us. It may or may not be fun. Um, this is more of a confession, actually, I, I think. Go um, on. We may lose some subscribers after this <laughs> confession. I have fallen in love with a genre of music called Vaporwave that I didn't know existed until just a few months ago. Explain what that is. Uh, vaporwave is a genre of music. It sounds like someone took the local forecast music from the Weather Channel in the 90s, local which was kind eight. of smooth jazz, mm -hmm. and just kind of put an echo on it and slowed it down and added a drum beat. And I, I hate smooth jazz. Like, the fact that they're adding some sort of echo and a beat to it just was a game changer to me. I think it's probably more, I think it's probably more sentimental. Like it's taking me back to middle school and high school where I'd come home from school and just flip on the weather channel and watch it for six hours until I went to bed. I'm sure there's a healthy amount of that nineties nostalgia playing into it, but 100%. I still don't know why I like it so much. It just makes me smile every time I listen to it. Would you say our, our intro is vaporwave? No. No, <laughs> that's more that's more synth wave. I think okay. that's a more <laughs> there's a lot of waves. Ride the waves. So is this what what we get to look forward to this spring as we chase? Absolutely. Oh, man. It's the uh, anti hype music. Can't, I can't tell you how excited I am about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a holistic chase but, situation here. Nuggets but and synth it, wave. It did. <laughs> it did get me thinking what if you had to name. An artist or a genre? What's your go-to for storm chasing? Oof. Oh, mine's M83 for sure. Yes. Oh, good choice. Yep. That's, That's acceptable. Give, give me some of those uh, some of those anthems, you know? Oh, Feels yeah. Feels like you're just riding into the storm and... And that's the anthem you want playing behind. Yeah, just like, yeah, very glorious. Yeah, blasting. <laughs> With a rainbow in the foreground. For me, I'm a little less exciting, I feel like. I feel like on the the driving to the target zone, right? It could be two hours, 12 hours. I love podcasts. I'm obsessed with podcasts. Doing a podcast is so fun for me because uh, I'm obsessed. 
Um, so like a mindless podcast that goes through like every episode of like Star Trek or something. Every <laughs> episode of Star Trek. I've, I've listened to countless, countless. Uh, there's a great one called The Greatest Generation uh, that I enjoy. Uh, and I love hip hop uh, to, to yeah. get hype uh, leading up to leading up to uh, getting close to the target area. Got to get the juices flowing. You're probably exhausted from the freaking long drive and you're tired and you need to go to the bathroom or whatever. You can't get signal and you just got to get, you got to get pumped up. So some old school school hip hop, let's go uh, tribe called quest EPMD, you know, let's go, let's get some boom bap going. Um, (laughs) For sure. Yeah, that's that's my flavor. That's we've got great. we've got good tastes. I, we, I wanna I wanna say that right now. Well, I'm glad you still think so after my confession. Oh yeah, dude. You're good. <laughs> you're good. Well, uh, you're good, but I haven't heard it yet. So when I oh, hear it I'm that... making I'm I'm making a, a playlist, don't worry. It's <laughs> it's in the works. I uh, can't wait. My hype music when I'm not with anyone else is just pure old school techno. Like the emotionless <laughs> Just yep. pounding techno that has <laughs> a a zero melody to it. Yeah, that gets me going. Do but I know, any... I know, ninety nine percent of people on Earth hate it, so I don't ever play it when anyone else is in the car. Do you have any like favorite artists or anything go tos? Uh, I don't really. I just kind of I have a couple of DJs that I follow on SoundCloud, and then the the techno playlist on Spotify is a good go to. Heck yeah! Everybody find Gabe on Spotify. Follow his playlists. You might regret it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, today we're going to talk about a chase. Uh, one of our finest hours, I will say. Uh, part Partly finest hours. I for sure was on the less finest hour uh, portion of it. But just a spectacular day, a spectacular storm. If you're listening to this right now, I recommend maybe that you pause the podcast you, you can do whatever you want don't let me tell you what to do but go into the the description and we're going to post a youtube video of this particular uh tornado um check that out let this be kind of the audio uh tour of that video um but we're we, we're going to talk about fort stockton texas may 17th 2019 now that you're back from watching that video, uh, we're going to dive in and give you the the play-by-play of uh, how we got there uh, and what it was like. So, I'll just start off the top. I was not there, um, and it, we'll dive into that a little bit more. But, uh, Jeff, what was that day like for you guys? And Let's just start at the start. Let's start where every chase day starts... Um, looking at the storm prediction centers, kind of target areas for the day, and this, just walk us through kind of somebody who maybe doesn't even has never even like heard of storm chasing. Like what what is the storm prediction center, and kind of what are their like forecasts that they put out? So the storm prediction center um, is really the probably the main access point for storm chasers and those who are curious about where severe weather is going to uh, take shape. They'll put some different shades in different areas of uh, 5% or 10% or uh, 30%, just certain percentages that of confidence they have that 
either uh, significant winds will take place, hail will take place, or tornadoes will take place. And so um, leading up to this particular chase day, there was a strong amount of confidence for quite a few days that Nebraska was going to have some kind of severe weather outbreak. So that that's kind of what the game plan was for everybody, that if we're going to chase, Nebraska was probably going to be the place. Absolutely. So I'm the closest for sure. I'm up here in North Central Colorado. It, that's just a stone's throw from me. Um, and so I'm like, oh, that'd be rad if we could get the whole team together. Uh, but that didn't quite turn out uh, on this day. Um, what went down, Gabe? in kind of our team dynamic decision-making on that day? Yeah, so we were kind of forced. There were, there were two targets uh, that day, and SBC highlight, highlighted them, and we could see the targets on uh, forecast models. And one was in southwest Texas, and one was in Nebraska. Those were kind of the two bullseyes specifically for tornadoes. Um, and the south southwest uh, Texas target, it didn't look like it was going to be a big event if anything happened at all. However, uh, Jeff, I believe you had commitments the following day and it was in our backyards essentially. And so we just decided like, hey, you know, Fort Stockton has its own kind of mythology in the storm chasing world. It always (laughs) seems to do something when nobody's there. And so we thought, let's do Fort Stockton. Like, let's try to sneak in there and get, get a tornado when everyone else is in Nebraska because it seems like Fort Stockton always produces when there's no one looking. Uh, and so that's what we chose. We're kind of forced to do it anyway because we had to be back that night. But w- we decided let's do the southern target and commit to it. We'd really kind of just re- released expectations because the the big event was going to be in Nebraska and we couldn't make it. And honestly, I wish I could enter every chase that way because it would just make storm chasing so much more enjoyable overall. Because anything that happened was the best thing that ever happened that day. Be- like, just seeing the cumulus field build, it was like, oh, wow, it's really happening. This is great. Like, we just had zero expectations for the day. We were very hopeful, but holding all that loosely. We are in Fort Stockton, Texas, awaiting initiation. Forecast models have been very consistent with a strong supercell or two in this area in an environment that's favorable for large hail and perhaps a tornado or two. It is 2.14 in the afternoon and we're certainly seeing signs of what could be the start of initiation with boiling cumulus in the area. We're just going to wait and see now. And there's that moment at the beginning of the video where y'all are looking at a what we call the cumulus field, a, a sky of little white puffy clouds, which is a great sign that things are maybe possibly coming together and the, the, the clouds build and build and build um, and walk the audience through kind of what goes through a storm chaser's head as you're kind of waiting and looking and seeing like something's happening. I think mother nature is doing their thing. Uh, I typically think about how much of my tuna should I eat? (laughs) Can I get a nap in before anything happens? Yeah. (laughs) I always think of like, I should have brought a book, but like, I'm not going to read a book. Like, I'm going to be checking my phone constantly. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly what happens. It just becomes basically obsessive observation of the atmosphere through any 
available app or website that's out there? When we're waiting for storms, I just open the door, get out, pace, get back in. <laughs> Check your tripods. Put my seatbelt yeah. on. Even, <laughs> even if we are parked, put my seatbelt on as if I'm ready to go. Unclick it, open the door, pace some more, <laughs> find the nearest gas station to eat food that will destroy my life. Um, pace back. Like it is constant that. I love this part of the chase. Now that I'm just sitting here thinking about it, I don't know what it is. It's like kind of like being in the locker room ready to go out on the field or something like yeah. that, where you're just like, there's unlimited potential. Yeah. We haven't messed anything up yet. Uh, it really is seeing Mother Nature do this thing that is more or less predictable and, and kind of incredible to, to see. I, I, it's hard it's to think It's a performance. Of, yeah. It's like yeah. performance art in the sky. Exactly, exactly. And it, it never it never ceases to amaze me that these things come together and that mm-hmm. we as little tiny ants on the ground can do our best to to predict those things, you know. Yeah. Um there's so much that needs to come together just right to get a tornado, to even get a supercell. I, I remember uh, I think it was May twentieth, twenty nineteen. I think that's the right day. It, there was a high risk uh in oklahoma and high risk if if you don't know about storm chasing and not sure what that means high risk is pretty rare and when the storm prediction center says there's a high risk potential for uh many tornadoes and and even destructive tornadoes uh long track long lasting tornadoes that's that's kind of that's just a pretty rare thing throughout the chase season so when that happens every storm chaser is on high alert anticipating the worst case scenario and that day underperformed significantly in terms of what was expected and i remember um, quite a few scientists i am not one uh, but quite a few scientists came out and said yeah there's so many complexities to to bring about tornadoes much less a tornado outbreak and i can't for the life of me remember what that ingredient was but there was one ingredient Mm-hmm. that wasn't quite what it needed to be in it throughout the whole day. Yep. And I just found that to be, that's that's the complexity that you're dealing with. There's so many elements. And if one is not quite what it needs to be, then things just may not happen. And I've, and I have chased three high risks now that have, that has happened. Yeah. High risk days are not great for me. Like <laughs> I have bad memories of all three of them. <laughs> but I and but thinking of all the people who are living in those areas and just mm-hmm. dogging the meteorologists for hyping up a situation, it's so it, like I just want to grab someone by the shoulders and say, "You have no idea how close you were to losing your life or property today." Yeah. Like if literally one minute thing was different in the atmosphere, it could have been chaos. Right, hundred percent. Yeah, and. These things are rare, and that's why we chase them, because we want to see the rarest, mm-hmm. most special things in nature. Yeah. And tornadoes are one of those things. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I, I, w- I just want to step in and, and share a little bit of kind of about where I was at. So, I was chasing a, a higher probability up in Nebraska. And so, I was by myself. My two best friends are down in Texas chasing together. I I hate chasing alone. I get really lonely. I get sad super easily when I make mistakes. There's no one to lean on um, to tell me like I'm okay <laughs> and that I'm not a failure. Um, and so I, I just beefed it. Like I just totally 
I made the wrong calls and it sucks. Um, and I missed a really beautiful <laughs> tornado. <laughs> I chose a I chose a a cell. We look at kind of things on, on radar and how they're shaping up. And I think I went south and the stunning McCook, Nebraska tube mm. tornado. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, it was like the quintessential Wizard of Oz tornado. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. It's exactly the stinking Wizard of Oz tornado. Um and so I was just, I was so sad. And I'm like Gabe too. Like I, I, I love being home. I love sleeping in my bed. And there's nothing I want more when I like screw up on the road than just like to be able to teleport, you know, mm. to a, my just like dark room um, and, and throw a pity party. But it's like, oh man, I got to drive home. This sucks. But I will say my friends, Gabe and Jeff, caught a stunning tornado that day down in texas which it, it just it, it makes it all worth it as a team that like okay we we caught something today um even if i didn't my friends got to experience something beautiful and like i get to like feed off that energy and and enjoy that with them and we all know that that pain though and i think oh. any storm chaser listening right now knows yeah. the sting of missing the tornado of the day the, the it's, pain of, everybody the pain goes of through yeah, yeah we have an episode <laughs> dedicated to that yes um so th this was the first uh if not the first it was one of the first videos we did where we verbally documented everything we were seeing from start to finish so gabe maybe kind of walk us through a little bit about from the moment the cumulus clouds started to build what did that look like yeah, and I had actually never been on a chase where I watched, I, I, and I don't know how rare this is because it was the first time that had ever happened to me, where I watched a cumulus cloud build and then that turned into the storm that produced, that produced a tornado. Wow. Um, so basically, I mean, you're watching it, the infancy of the storm, like you get this cumulus cloud and then it starts to push and it, it finally erupts into the atmosphere. And then you notice the winds pulling into the storm so that the the storm the updraft of the storm the air rising is creating low pressure and air is filling in underneath it and then you start to see that in the cloud movement we're in our same location in fort stockton and this cell has just blown up over the past 10 to 15 minutes uh we're seeing now inflow developing on the supercell and we're gonna bump northeast a little bit and let this ride towards us as it matures and keep an eye on it it really at that point did not take very long at all before we had a full-fledged supercell, um, which is a very complex type of thunderstorm. They basically create their own environment, and that's what keeps them going for hours sometimes. They're like an engine in, in and of themselves. Yeah, I mean, they're their own weather system, and th just so much complexity just in a supercell. But it, it, we quickly realized we had to bump east at that point. Um, and this, to get a lay of the land for people who are not familiar with uh, West Texas, there's not a lot out there. You have one major highway, I-10, that runs from east to west. Um, and then you get into the desert area and there's there aren't really other road options for the most part. I mean, there there are some here and there, but you're extremely limited to where you can go. And so that was the other gamble Jeff and I took was if a storm doesn't happen to set up next to I-10, there's no way we can track it. Yeah. Like that was, that's the end of the day. 
Yeah. Um, and so this storm erupted just south of I-10 and it began tracking um, almost almost due east. There was a little bit of a northward drift to it. Uh, and so we just, we tracked east with it and pretty soon we could see the rain and hail curtains developing on the supercell and that's what we were trying to stay ahead of because the other risk of that day was huge hail. Yes. Which we experienced later on. Verified. But, uh, verified. I verified. Uh, walk us through that, Gabe. Walk us through the hail experience because y'all are pretty reserved on chases. I feel like we're all pretty reserved on chases, at least on the vi- on video. But big things were falling from the sky <laughs> at high velocities. Like, yeah, what what was and going it, on? Yeah. So we had pulled once we we jogged east a little bit and we got ahead of the hail and rain. We fell at a safe distance, and so we get out and we're documenting the base of the storm, which is. The updraft area, and that's the area where tornadoes form. And time-lapsing it and just watching the storm come together and you get a wall cloud, which is the first thing you need before tornado genesis. And everything was just coming together smoothly. And all of a sudden, I noticed quarter to golf ball-sized hail start to fall around us. So at that point, I'm not super concerned. I'm thinking, I need to protect my camera because that that could do some damage or just jack up my... Uh, time lapse so jeff from the previous year had a metal trash can lid in the back of his car specifically <laughs> purchased as a hail shield yes and so i ran and i grabbed efficient. that very efficient <laughs> it is perfect with that the handle underneath so i grabbed that and I, I i put it over my camera and i crouched down underneath it as best as i could oh no hail oh I would have hit my head. Oh no! Big hail coming in. Ow. The golf ball size hail, once it impacted the trash can lid, it left a little sting in your hand. That's got some good velocity. Some would say terminal velocity. Yes. <laughs> as fast as something can fall. Yeah. Side, side note, I do wonder if we could get sponsored by these kind of trash lids. <laughs> we need to look up what brand we got yeah acme metal trash can lid yeah i'm down yeah so we we were watching this supercell we had both our cameras running and we're watching the space and it starts to just form beautifully textbook supercell development and about the time that we start noticing some a decent or significant rotation actually developing is when jeff and i heard this roar in the distance and jeff mentions later on at first he thought it was a truck approaching it turns out it was the roar of massive hailstones approaching our area and the first one i noticed actually almost hit jeff i was looking over (laughs) at jeff he was standing by his tripod we were both outside had my little trash can lid and i thought i was good and then this baseball sized hailstone out of nowhere I mean, we had had quarter to golf ball size, and then this baseball falls <laughs> right next to Jeff. I've had four or five moments on different chases where baseball or tennis ball size ale has landed right next to me, somehow avoided my cranial <laughs> unit. <laughs> but then instantly I knew like, oh, okay, that's the roar we're, we're hearing. It's not a constant rumble of thunder. It's not the traffic on I-10. It's, it's a massive uh, hail core is what it's called moving towards us and so we we both ran to the car got in and 
trying to get out as quickly as possible and it just unloads on us. And you can hear the individual hailstone impacts. Just and I th- and I think it may have gotten up to softball size hail before we got out of there. Yeah, we got to go east. Baseball's falling around us now. One just landed right next to you, dude. Oh my gosh, you can hear! Oh wow! Oh my gosh, dude, your windshield's gonna get busted out. Let's go. These are there's. Probably softballs in there now. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Holy cow, are you seeing these? Yeah, these are huge. We just dodged baseball size hail. Did you hear it coming? Oh, it sounded like, I thought it was 18 wheelers on the highway. It was so That's loud. I was like, it's, it's the highway. Audible hail roar as the hail core was coming t- oh, towards us. My gosh. Wow. Now, I've had some people ask, what's it like to be in your car when you're your car is getting pounded by baseballs and some softball <laughs> hail. You have to have a particular mentality because, uh, and not everyone's been through this before, but if you have ever had the unfortunate opportunity to be in an MRI, <laughs> if you're in an MRI and you're getting, you know, looked at for something by, yeah. by doctors, you're in this small tube where you can barely move and it is the loudest pounding sound repetitiously and it's unnerving like it just it you you mentally come undone so when that happens you have you have one or two choices either you give into that (laughs) and take shelter hide or you just have to get to a place of going i might lose my windshield today and i'm just gonna own it i'm just gonna ride this puppy out you know and (laughs) and uh it doesn't mean you're not frantically dying inside or crying inside but uh, there is an element of, wow, this part of nature is so unbelievable. Yeah. And I think that's where we were. And thankfully, the storm was moving very slowly. Um, it was nearly stationary. So once once we knew that the hail core was moving in and we bailed, it was really only a quarter to a half mile down the highway and we were completely out of it again. So we didn't have to go very far at all. And I love that. I feel like a theme is building with this storm in particular um, in Fort Stockton, Texas, where everything's lining up, right? A tornado is already so rare that we're like stoked at a 5% chance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's near the only road in the area that y'all could be on. And this storm is stationary. This is another rare feature of kind of this unicorn storm. That storm really, it really is a miracle it was right along I-10. I mean, yeah. right on that highway. Uh, we head east. We get out of the hell core and we exit and we're looking back the best we can to see if there's something developing. And that's when we can see that there's a wall cloud forming and there's rotation in this wall cloud taking shape. You know, one of the things with, with tornado chasing in particular, we're usually driving 20, 30, 40, 50 miles an hour to catch up to a, a tornado or to go along with it, or to get in front of it so we can get good video of it. It is very, very rare to park somewhere and watch the entire tornado genesis take place. And yeah. uh, and I think, I remember we went over this overpass and we could see the, the dust swirls on the ground happening. And at that point, you know, and maybe that's self-preservation in my head, I was like, wow, we just saw a weak tornado. That's cool. Like, uh, it, there's no way it's going to become the most yeah, picturesque tornado made. that right. we've we've recorded before. Um, and so we kept looking and we kept 
saying to ourselves, okay, I think it's dissipating. And then one of us would say, no, it's still, there's still ground circulation. Brief tornado. No, you're right. It's still on the ground, Jeff. And hail moving in again. Big hail coming in. Yeah, it was amazing. And we had gotten out of the car when we parked on that hill because we had gotten out of the hail. And here is this dream scenario setting up. This is something, a shot I had dreamed about getting for so many years, basically since I knew tornadoes existed. Like I, I wanted this locked off shot, camera on a tripod, steady, getting the birth and death of a tornado, just like the entire life cycle. And I get the tripod out, I start filming, it begins to touch down, and here comes the hail again. I cannot stay out of the car. Like I'm going to get injured or my camera is going to get destroyed and it'll just ruin the entire day. So made the decision. I hate, I hate filming through windshields as a (laughs) filmmaker, but I was like, this is my only choice. We're going to make it work. Hop back in the car and and set up the tripod in the, in the front uh, passenger seat and watch like as this tornado just gradually extends further and further down and there's the dust cloud underneath and they just meet and you have this full-fledged picturesque high contrast tornado in the middle of nowhere that's the other unique thing was that this was affecting nobody so it was really just this beautiful image and knowing like no one's life is being affected negatively by this and it was just it was a dream come true for me to 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 be able to film that tornado uh the way that we did and so it just it just lined up to to create a like a painting really a beautiful yeah. beautiful image and and again to to add on to you know like you were saying Gabe just another freak thing of this storm this isn't going to happen every single time um, yeah no and it was everything was just such it just lined up it was such a rare rare perfect chase is what we've called it it was the perfect chase and uh and so as we're filming this, Jeff and I have consciously made the decision not to freak out <laughs> audibly on video to, to to try to let the the natural audio bleed in. But man, were we freaking out inside. We were just like grabbing onto each other's shoulders and wide-eyed and jaw dropped and <laughs> slapping each other, screaming silently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was uh I mean, we were absolutely going nuts inside. All right. We're gonna, we'll take down the talking. Oh my, dude. Fort Stockton, Texas, 4.48 p.m. Central Daylight Time. This was one of those moments where you really saw the video benefit of chasing in a team and not even talking about the other benefits, just even the video benefit, because what we were able to do is we have a GoPro going. So that thing's just taking care of itself. Gabe is getting everything in the right composition. And, and then there's a point where he asked me with my video camera, can you zoom in so you can get a close up?" And if I was by myself, I would have been going in and out, in and out. Like (laughs) I, I would have had any kind of steady shot. So mm. I think that's actually, a lot of people ask, what's the benefit of chasing in teams? You don't have to chase in teams, um, but if you're asking what a benefit is, one of the benefits 
is having some conversation about, hey, if we're capturing a tornado, here's what I'm going to get. Here's what I would like you to try to get. And that way there's some collaboration because at the end of it, then you pull together this really awesome video that tells the whole story of the storm and the tornado. Absolutely. All right, fellas. So you've just seen a stunning, stunning tornado um, that's out in the middle of nowhere, not life-threatening. You captured great footage of it. What do you do from there? Do you just just pack it up and head home? (laughs) Yeah, well, at that point, we didn't know if the storm was going to reorganize and produce another tornado. And so we pulled out a few miles ahead of the storm and... We include it in the video. It's really tough to explain, but the the structure of the storm is just absolutely stunning. And you can see this whole updraft spinning in the atmosphere in real time. I mean, we have it sped up on the video, but you can see it in real time. And you're, to, to put it in perspective, you're talking about something that's taller than Mount Everest spinning in the, in the sky. <laughs> like that's never not hypnotizing to me. It's, <laughs> Every single time takes my breath away. And this was no different. And when, and when we talk about storm structure like that, it, the, the best way I can describe it just from a visual standpoint is like having a large plate and putting three or four stacks of pancakes and um, all kind of overlaying each other. And then seeing that in cloud form in the sky and all of it just spinning. Like yeah. it, it just, it's just one of the most mesmerizing things you could possibly ever see we stopped and for about 20 25 minutes we just got our cameras going and just just enjoyed it you know just enjoyed a storm that had just produced a tornado and all of that was in the middle of nowhere that was uh, you mentioned that earlier but we didn't have to worry about is this destroying anything it was just getting it was a rare time you got to just enjoy a work of nature like that and um, and take it all in yeah, just incredible. What a what an amazing day. What an amazing job of documenting y'all did. I mean, this footage will live forever, you know, hopefully on on these platforms and Yeah. Um, and and the grand finale of the day was when the sun set and yeah. the storm got ahead of us a little bit and that amazing updraft that we had been watching all day, beautiful storm structure. Mm-hmm. turned bright red and orange. It was just like the cherry on top to an amazing, amazing chase day. Mm. And yeah. thankfully, I didn't die and almost get, I almost got struck by lightning. Yeah, I was about to say. That, just just before the sunset. <laughs> I was about to say that. That, was, is, that is the one thing that terrifies me about storm chasing is mm. lightning because you don't have any warning. I had gotten out of the car because we saw this other air of rotation and I had just gotten my tripod set up. And you don't even see the flash on the video. It was one of those really quick ones. It wasn't like a, a pulsing lightning you bolt. You could hear it though. It was. It just, it's the crackling kind where you know it was close. It hit, it struck right behind me. So I didn't see how close it was. But I knew from the sound, it was within a quarter of a mile away. Where was it? And I'll say the funny thing, even though not really funny. Now, the funny thing is I had dropped you off and I was going to drive over the overpass to get a different view. 
And I'm not sure if we communicated that. I just kind of did it. (laughs) And so I get to the top of that overpass and I hear that crackle and then that pop. And I see that it was right behind you and you had, he had grabbed your tripod and you're looking at me (laughs) and I'm like, that's my bad. So I was in full sprint (laughs) immediately after that. I make that you turn over the overpass and I pick you up like, man, that's my bad. (laughs) 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 Kind of left you out there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, these storms fire often in the mid afternoon, late afternoon. And so it it is a very, it's a, such a sweet thing that the sunset often comes to close the day. Right. And it's usually really beautiful. And Mm -hmm. something I think I take for granted in storm chasing is that it's, you're usually going to end up with a beautiful close to the day and probably some. And then the lightning display after dark. Yeah. Yeah. That was the second cherry on top. Right. We pulled off and, and got some great shots of that same updraft just loaded with lightning um, mm-hmm. and Beautiful. just... Al- along with about 2 billion mosquitoes. If you <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot just, about that. Yeah. yeah. We didn't stay out there long. Yeah. <laughs> West Texas, man. All right, fellas. This was a wonderful story and just amazing, amazing, amazing footage that y'all captured. It truly is a work of art. Obviously, I'm biased. Obviously, we're on the same storm chasing team. <laughs> And I hope that as, as y'all out there in the audience take a look at these things, you're inspired and, and your interest is piqued. Maybe you want to learn more about these crazy things we call supercells and tornadoes and updrafts and wall clouds and all these things. They probably will occur where you're at um, and you'll get to experience them more than, more than likely. So yeah, that's it for this episode of the Tornado Trackers podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is our fun, weird little podcast about storm chasing. And we're so glad that you guys followed us along. Um, And we will catch you in a couple weeks. See ya. Bye.